Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Hey, welcome to Project Recovery, a podcast about addiction. More importantly, it's about recovery. I'm Casey Scott. At this point, I'd normally introduce you to my good friend, Dr. Matt Woolley. He's a clinical psychologist, but uh, he's not here. He's on vacation. Uh, And to be honest with you, uh, cause I run an honest program. I forgot that because I thought we were going to sit down and I had a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff to unpack and, and I wanted to hear his insight. So I was going to kind of have this podcast be about just kind of what's going on in my life. Because to be honest with you, uh, there's a lot going on. And so I was really looking forward to the insight Dr. Matt brings to the conversation. It's crazy because when I'm out and about and I'm talking about the podcast, um, Dr. Matt it's brought up a lot because the thing I like about Dr. Matt is that he's wicked smart, but when he talks to you, you understand. He doesn't use the big words and he'll, you know, break it down in layman's term, if you will, and, and go, this is what you do. This is why and, and all that stuff. And so I really want to be able to talk to him and tell him about what's going on in my life, but the show must go on. So we want to talk about what's going on. Uh, you know, in the beginning of this podcast, we always say it's a podcast about addiction, more importantly, about recovery. And so I wanted to look up uh, the definition of recovery. I think we all kind of know what it is, but I think this is interesting. Recovery, a return to a normal state of health, mind, or strength. And to be honest with you, I mean, that's kind of where I feel like I'm going. I can't tell you that I'm there yet, but that's the direction I'm heading. Uh, a normal state of health. Um I'm down 45 pounds in three years. Uh, I fluctuate up and down a little bit, but I think that's just normal. Uh, so my health is better than it's ever been. Uh, I think my blood pressure is good. I kind of eat healthy and, and, and all that. And I go to the gym five to six days a week. And, and that really helps with my mental health as well as my physical health. Because that's a time where I go in there and I kind of get up in my head and figure out what's going on. I ask myself the tough questions. I have an honest conversation with myself. Because to be honest with you, uh, I don't know how it is with everybody else. But sometimes uh, we're not 100% honest with ourselves. Uh, we'll... we'll invent reasons to go into the kitchen and get that extra handful of M&Ms. We'll find reasons to talk ourselves out of going to the gym. Uh, we'll tell people that we're okay when really we're not. Or if somebody says something to us that we disagree uh, and then they call us on, we go, no, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, how many times I said that in my active addiction where my mom or my dad or my brother or my ex-wife would ask me what's going on. And instead of telling them that my world is falling apart, it's unraveling, I would say, it's fine. It's fine. It's going to be fine. And the truth was, it wasn't fine. And uh, it was unraveling and it really got bad. 
So I think we need to be honest with ourselves. Uh, you know, that's really important. And then another definition of recovery is the action or process of regaining possession or control of something stolen or lost. Now, this definition is really going to play an important part into this conversation because something lost or stolen. I lost a lot in my active addiction. I lost a marriage. I lost respect. I lost myself. Um, there were so many things that my addiction took from me, and it's it's scary. Uh, I don't know if I have time to do this, but I think I do. Um, somebody wrote something on Instagram that I liked, or and that's where I get my news. And let me see if I can find this. Um, here, wait, hold. Here it is, right here. Um, if the version of you from five years ago could see you right now, they would be so proud of you. You made them happy. You got better. You are wiser and stronger now. Keep going. And that one really just hit me so hard because it's very apropos of what's going on in my life right now. Um, three years ago, um, I was just getting ready to start my road to recovery. I had been in an accident. I had hurt people. I had possible prison time looming over me. Uh, I didn't know what my world was going to be like. I never imagined my life would be good again. And the crazy thing is, is that I was cool with that because I thought that I'd done all this great stuff before. So if I thought the second part of my life was just going to be, blah, that's just how it goes. And I was hoping for, blah. But now it's three plus years and my life is better than I could have ever imagined. I've got authentic, genuine relationships with my children. I've got it with my family. I've got it with my friends. I've got it with my coworkers. And because my recovery has given me so much, I want to be able to give back to those and say, hey, listen, you're not defined by the bad things that happen to you. You're defined by what you do with those. And what you can make from it. Um, recently, I just got back uh, from a vacation with my kids. It wasn't really a vacation. It was a journey. And it was a reality TV show. And they sent us out in the desert, uh, competing against another family uh, for four days and three nights. And because of that, I was able to get to know my kids even better because we were put in tough situations uh, we had obstacles in front of us. We had to navigate that, and we had to trust and rely on one another. And so that was an amazing thing. And I thought, getting back from that vacation, that, man, how can my life get any better? Here's the crazy thing. I was sitting on my couch, and I got a text. Hey, do you got a few seconds? I'd like to talk to you about something. Um, I sent a reply, sure, let's talk. And I called him, and guess who it was? It was the news director here at KSL-TV, wondering if I could or would I be willing to help them out and do some morning show stuff for them. I'd been waiting for that phone call for three years. No, I've been waiting for it for two years hoping that that phone call would come, that they would say, hey, we want you back. We want to give you another shot. I remember a year 
into my recovery and my sobriety, I called KSL and said, hey, I'm better. I want to come back. Could you guys use me? And I remember them telling me, Casey, you're not ready. And to be fair, they were right. I wasn't ready. I was still trying to figure out who I was and what I wanted to do and who I wanted to be. A year and a half later, uh, I see an opening for a feature reporter on KSL, the job I used to have. And I thought, huh, maybe I'll show a little initiative. Maybe I'll just fill out the application and apply for the job and not tell anybody. I knew who all the people were that were hiring, but I thought maybe if I do this, they'll know how serious I am, that I, I want this job, that I need this job. And so I filled out an application, I submitted it online, and then I waited. And guess what? I never heard back. I never heard a peep from anybody. I never heard like, hey, we got your application, Uh, we're not ready for you. I just never heard anything back. So when I didn't hear anything back, I thought, well, you know what? Maybe this isn't in the cards for me. And that's okay. It was a little shot to my ego, my self-esteem, that I thought I was doing all the right things that this should be happening. But sometimes the world has different plans for you. And I was okay with that. I really was. A lot of times people would reach out to me on Facebook or I'd see me in public and they go, when are you going to get back on TV? And I used to say, I don't know. Um, Hopefully one day. But after I never heard back from KSL, I changed my answer. I was like, I don't know if it's in the cards. I don't know if it's going to happen. But I'm doing this podcast. Uh, I'm working for a title company. Uh, I'm DJing. I'm speaking. Um, I'm, I'm living a good life. And if I never get back on TV again, that'll be okay. And I was really, really okay with it at that point. Because so much time had passed and I proved to myself that I didn't need TV to be who I am. The TV job is just that. It's a job. It's not who I am. So I'm figuring out life and I'm having a great time. I really am. Uh, I'm connecting with my kids. I'm rebuilding friendships. I'm regaining trust. Um, I, I'm do. I'm. I'm living a great life, a life that I can't complain about whatsoever. Everything seems to be working out. And I ask myself, why does it keep to be working out? How come my recovery is good when so many others' recovery isn't? How come my addiction has this somewhat sort of a happy ending and others don't? I felt a little guilty. But I talk to myself a lot and I kind of examine what I'm doing and why I'm doing it. And the only thing that I can come up with is that I try to do the next right thing. When I'm presented with a situation, a decision, I try to do the next right thing. And I think most of us know what the next right thing is. The problem is sometimes the next right thing isn't the easiest thing. Sometimes it's the hardest thing to do. And I can tell you with 100% honesty, I don't always do the next right thing. I don't. I'm human. I mess up. I make mistakes. 
and holding myself to a standard of not making mistakes is not realistic. It's not human. But I try to do the next right thing. I try to help out when I can. I ask for help when I need it. And I do what's expected from me. And I do what I say I'm going to do. That's what I try to do. And 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 that's what my recovery looks like. And so I try to do the next right thing. So KSL calls and says, hey, would you be interested in helping us out for a month? And I was like, you know what? I don't know. They said, would you be willing to come in and talk to us? Sure. So I come in and I sit down and they kind of tell me what they need. And I tell them, you know, where my head is. And um, I remember sitting down in the news director's office and I said, hey, the crazy thing is, is if this phone call would have come a year and a half ago, I'd have been over backwards to make it happen. I don't know how I feel about this. The thing is, is that if I do this, it's because I want to. Because I feel like I've got something to add, something that, you know, I can make happen. If I do this, it's not because I need to. What I need to do is make enough money to pay my house payment, my car payment, my child support, and the things that my family rely upon me for. And I've got a job that does that and provides for me great. I've got this podcast that I need to do because it's a way to keep me sober and give back to a community that's given me so much. I don't need to be on TV. And that was a huge epiphany for me. It was, it was just huge because I thought that's what I needed. I don't need it. If I want to do it, it's because I want to, because I think I have something that I can add. And I am so grateful for this opportunity because I think it gives me a chance to close this or open this on my own accord. The last time I was on TV, it ended in me in handcuffs. That's not how you want to end something. That's not how I want to end it. So I want to go back and help them out for a month and see how it fits. See if I like it. Maybe it's lost its luster. Maybe I'm not good at it anymore. I don't know. I mean, I really don't know. But my producer is laughing. But those are thoughts that go through my head. I mean, I, 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 it's crazy because I sat down in that meeting and 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 I talked to the news director. She's a wonderful lady. Her name's Leona, and she goes, "Casey, you're not the same person you were three years ago." And that hit me. And I said, you know what? You're right. I'm not. Um, I feel like I'm a different person and I feel like I'm a better person. I feel like I'm a more authentic person. And I would love a chance to show your audience how I've changed and that recovery is possible. And that just because you made bad decisions doesn't mean you're forced to live in that space for the rest of your life. We've all got choices. We can all make our lives better. But the reality is, is that we have got to do the work. We've got to put in the sweat, the tears to make that change. 
And I think if we all go out there and go, hey, what's the next right thing? If you let that be your guide, life does get better. We know what the right thing is to do. Sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes it might take you three years. But if you do it, life does get better. This podcast has been such a wonderful tool for me in my sobriety. Every week we have people come in and talk about their lives. And if you, they start from the beginning, they tell you about the middle, and we always end on a high note, what they're doing. And it's amazing to see where they started, how bad it got, and how good it gets. It's, it, it, it really is inspiring. So many times I sit down and I listen to people tell stories and I see similarities in my addiction and they start to talk and I go, wow, yeah, that was me. And then they go to the middle part of the story of where, how ugly it gets. And I remember feeling that way, like, man, how did my life get here? How did this happen? How did I let this happen? And how do I get out? And then something clicks in people. And they dig deep and they find that something. They find that reason to get sober. They find that will. They find that strength. And they go, okay, this is not how this ends. I still got a half a book to write. And let's make these chapters awesome. And they do. I mean, just last week we had a beautiful young lady on the podcast. And she said she had 31 felonies. That seems insurmountable. I mean, that is insane. Then spent four and a half years in high security federal prison. And she said the thing that kept her going through that was that she can use this time to become a better person, which sounds silly, but that was her driving force to get through that. And you know what? When she walked out four and a half years later, she was a better person. And now she's written a book. She goes to prisons and she helps people become a better person. This podcast has been such a blessing for me. It gives me hope. It gives me help. It's a resource to stay sober and it gives me a way to give back. And I wouldn't be able to give back if it wasn't for everybody who downloads this podcast weekly. It's amazing. So as we start this new journey... Uh, of me filling in on the morning show for KSL TV, which I am so thrilled to be able to do that. I hope you will join and see that recovery is possible. And when you see my smiling face on TV, remember that recovery is possible, that life does get better, and we can heal. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you so much for everything you have given me. And I hope one day to be able to give it back. I love you, and I mean it. Project Recovery is a KSL podcast. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com 
or wherever you listen to podcasts.